Hey everybody, it's Matt here. And before we get to the episode today, I just want to invite you to slay this giant of sexual sin with us. I want to invite you to consider doing an event with us. We have so many different kinds of events that we could do. There's events for men, there's events for men and women, events for parents, for youth, for young adults. There's Sunday morning preaching. Um, some of the events that we do are for our one-time things and some are weekend-long conferences. And so if this is on your heart and you'd like to address sexuality and porn in your church or in your circle, in your ministry or whatever that might look like, uh, I would invite you to go to restoredministries.ca slash events. You can see what's possible there with some things that we've done in the past. And we're also very flexible with working with different event organizers and, and churches in what it can look like for their particular setting. And so if you have it on your heart to carry the message forward of, of freedom and wholeness and health over sexual brokenness, I would love to chat about what that might look like. Go to restoredministries.ca slash events. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see my email and feel free to email me. We can hop on a Zoom call together and look at what doing an event together might look like for you. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to your Victory Podcast. Matt here, Brad here. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, if you're out there and, and we've just, uh, we've got a lot of new listeners coming on, we're excited about that. And if you are out there and you're listening and you are feeling like you need some help, uh, I want to encourage you to reach out. And uh, there's a lot of people reaching out these days. And I know that some people don't because of fear, because of pride. I remember mm-hmm. I, I heard someone recently, he said, I wasn't skeptical of the people helping me, I was skeptical of me. I didn't think that I could do it, that I could get free. The reality is you can because it's not our strength. It's God's strength that that enables us to do that. And you're not beyond that. And so sometimes we do need guidance. And so if you're if you're hesitant or if you have questions, uh, it's never a bad thing to reach out and just ask questions and see if it's a good fit. And so I encourage you to go to restoredministries.ca and book a call. Um, just see what's out there, see what's available. We've got Pure Freedom Journey. Uh, we just changed the format around to be able to host more people, to have more community, more interaction with various coaches. And so we're really, really excited about what's going on. And so um, you won't be the the first or the last to reach out. And we just are all about God's freedom for you, not about what you've done. And so we don't want you to feel that shame and have that stop you. So if you're listening, we encourage you to reach out. And today we're excited about this conversation, Brad and I, because we're going to talk about something that we've never talked about before, mm-hmm. the more more of a medical angle yeah. with Dr. Z, who reached out and was just thankful for what we do because um, there's there's so much, uh, the, the consequences of sexual sin are real in medical offices around the world. And so Dr. Z sees that. There's reasons why we're going incognito <laughs> because there's just things that we want to be careful with in this conversation. But uh, but I so valued what what I learned from Doctor Z, uh, and so we wanted to to bring her on and and just learn. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Brayden and Matt. No problem. And we one of the secrets to our podcast is that we have people that are smarter than us on. So. <laughs> So thank you so much for being on with us. And this is uh, an area that uh, I don't know a lot of the general public has awareness about. And that's strictly what we're talking about is how um, some of these sexual choices that people make have issue physically. And um, so just for you, 
why do you, as a medical doctor, why do you think it's important that we tackle this uh, particular area when it comes to sexual health and, 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 and why does that matter? Um, so for me, uh, there's a professional angle to it, but there's also a personal angle to it. So I'll start with the, prof- uh, the personal angle. The reason why it's big on my heart is because I believe that it's big on God's heart. He designed sex as a beautiful covenant between man and woman and also in marriage specifically. So um, seeing this almost be used as a weapon against people has really impacted me professionally. And then personally, I used to love that life of sexual sin and no sin, they say no sin is bigger than then, you know, one sin is not bigger than the other sin, but actually sexual sin is the only sin that um, is against our own bodies. And we can actually see it. You know, when we talk about autoimmune diseases, it's one healthy cell fighting your your own cells. And that's how I see se- um, sexual sin, sexual immorality, and then relating to your sexual health, which then relates to your mental, your physical, and your spiritual health too. So um, in a nutshell, that's personally what I have um, become passionate about, that it's, it's, it's a passion on God's heart, living in that life, coming through it, through knowing that God is my father and my identity is in him, and now living a life of purity as I, as I seek him. That's awesome. So how often do you see the consequences of sexual sin in your practice? So um, it's daily. Um, and I wish it wasn't. Um, it's daily and it's not just one patient. It will be five, six to eight patients coming in to our practices for it's either they have symptoms or they have been exposed or they want to start a new sexual relationship, maybe outside of marriage, and they just want to have a basically a general screening. So on on a daily percentage wise, I would say uh, maybe 20 to 30 percent of patients come in seeking information on sexual health, even birth control. When you are dealing with a 16 year old girl that's coming in for birth control counseling or, or, or management, it's more because she has now become sexually active and now she needs the birth control. The birth control has its own side effects. So it's just this, it's just this, this cycle that keeps on going, this conundrum, um, where we have to now treat the birth control issue, but actually the, the root is the sexual choices that people are making. Wow. And have you noticed a trend in the past few years of your practice? Um, has this increased? Is this something that we're seeing way more? Yes, because people are more open to talking about um, sex in general. I have practiced outside of Canada and there was a lot of shame in that culture talking about sex, whereas in the Canadian culture, it is a very open topic. People do not have shame to, you know, tell you everything about their lives, Um, whether they've had three sexual partners in one night or one or, you know, different types of sexual practices. Um, Yeah, it was quite a big shock for me when I when I was interviewing patients and um, their sexual health is is so diverse. So that was quite staggering for me. 
we're willing to talk about it. I don't know if that's good or bad. We're willing because we think it's normal, or, yeah. or we're or we're just yeah, we're open, which is good, I guess. But but five to eight patients a day every day is wild. And I'm just thinking of the numbers worldwide. Like mm-hmm. you're one doctor doing a great work, but there's how many doctors in Edmonton? Five to eight people a day. How many people? How many? How many doctors in uh, Toronto? How many people, doctors all around the world? That's crazy. Five to eight people a day dealing with the effects of sexual sin. No wonder it's on God's heart because it it affects us. And and there are long term and short term ramifications of that. And so there's there's a this funny story. Just an aside. I was speaking to youth one time. They were like in the Q and A. They one of them wrote a note. Nice fit. I like your fit. I'm like, what's your fit? And I asked them, yeah, Brad, and you're like, what's this? They're like, I'm it's too your, old for this. Yeah. What are we, they're like, it's your outfit. Like, oh, your outfit. outfit. <laughs> oh, I didn't oh, know. I didn't know he's a nice outfit. Just I say thought it's because you're, you know, working out and you're well, like, your fit's on. You got I the, know. You got some gains going there. That's what I thought. But it's like, nice fit. That didn't make sense. So yeah. oh, it was funny. But it was the same time I'm talking about STDs. And then I realized like, no, wait a second. I think years ago it changed to STIs. So then I asked them, like, STI, is it STIs? And then they laughed at me. They're like, no, it's STDs. I'm like, oh, I thought that was outdated. So I would love to bring clarity. I'd let all this to bring back to you, Dr. Z. Can you talk about STIs, STDs, how that plays a role in, in or, or how you see that in your practice and why it's so devastating? So a sexually transmitted infection is an infection spread through sexual contact whether it's oral, uh, vaginal, or anal. Okay, so many times we can actually miss um, STDs because we would have um, practices that's um, outside of the vagina and we can't, um, it goes without symptoms, but sometimes the the, um, sexually transmitted infection can be in your mouth or in your anus. and then after it's an STI, which is a sexually transmitted infection, it becomes a sexually transmitted disease. So you can use the terms um, interchangeably, but the best thing is probably to use it as an STI um, because that's how the WH also um, defines it. Actually talking about numbers, um, the WHO, and these are only reported numbers, they calculate that there's 1 million STIs acquired every single day. Wow. That's <laughs> staggering. And this is only from communities, especially in the first world, that are actually going into the doctor and have uh, and being screened. This is not your third world countries where um, people are not being screened and they're passing on um, the diseases throughout the population. That's why STDs, STIs, they are public health. Um, they are big public health issues because when a when a patient actually comes in and they test positive for either chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, or HIV, it's actually a notifiable condition. So mm. the patient would have to come in and will have to notify his or her partners, and then those people have to notify the next partner. So this is where we come in with a partner web. That's very interesting. So you have one person, which we call an index person. You have one per- another person having sex with them, but they've had sex with eight or 10 or 12 or 200 people. Those eight or 200 people have had sex with another 10 or 20 or 30 people. So <laughs> it's actually the snowball effect that the world cannot even control. Like no, no institution can control this, not even a medical system 
can actually control this because once you have a breach in your skin or a breach in any type of, um, you know, your, your mucosa in your, your, your genitals or your mouth or your anus, you are prone to getting a, a sexually transmitted disease. And then we have the, the, the chances of it becoming resistant to antibiotics. Because if I'm treating, say, 40 people a month for, say, chlamydia with an antibiotic, by the time the patient actually needs the antibiotic, they will become resistant to it. Mm. So we are actually in a, we are, it, it's actually just the snowball domino effect that no organization can stop it, wow. but knowing our identity in, in our God. Right. Well, that's, that's alarming what you're sharing. And I, I know when I was in my early twenties, uh, maybe Matt, you were like me like this too. You, you just think you're indestructible, right? Mm -hmm. You don't think of the consequences of your choices at certain points. I know a lot of young people at that stage, late teens, early twenties. And when it comes to sex and having sex, don't think about some of these things. They don't realize there's real world consequences. So not to alarm people and scare them, but I'm just curious, Dr. Z, what does an STI or STD, STD do to us? Like what would be the quality of life? What does that do for us if we have one of some of these uh, infections? Mm -hmm. So it affects you on a, on a physical level, of course, and that's the one I'll be focusing on, but Mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, um, it affects it affects you too because you are then sitting with with somebody that has now a disease present um, that they have to be counselled through and they have to live with the shame of either it becoming permanent or not, right? And then having to disclose that to their partners or their husbands or their wives one day. So um, some of the the effects. Of, of long-term effects of a, of a sexually transmitted disease is infertility in both male and female, cervical cancer. Um, you can get cancer of the mouth, anus, uh, vagina, and penis, and even the throat. You can have what we call pelvic inflammatory disease, which damages the female's fallopian tubes where the ovums have to move to the uterus to have implantation. And if that is damaged, you can have tubal pregnancies, uh, you can have pelvic pain, chronic pelvic pain, and ectopic pregnancies as well, uh, pregnancies outside of the womb, blisters, sores, warts, which causes a lot of pain, uh, uh, shame in patients and pain. So they will have to come in and be treated for these, these uh, conditions at the doctor's office almost weekly. And birth defects in a baby, of course, um, not, not being treated. We see that a lot with con congenital syphilis and then death. And that's just the physical part. <laughs> CDC has actually also calculated that $16 billion is spent on STDs a year. 16 billion. Wow. 16 billion. And once again, I'm talking first world country. I'm talking states, Canada, Europe. This is just in first world countries. In third world countries, you're not having the, the statistics or the right numbers. Uh, because people, number one, they don't report, there's no testing, there's no treatment, um, behavior, you know, behavior is very erratic. So your, your statistics is not even that accurate. But I mean, 16 billion is a, is a very huge amount, plus productivity at work, you know, like people having to come to the doctor, people having need time off to deal with emotional stress of having an STD, um, you know, coming in for medication, 
it's, you know, it's something that just doesn't stop. <laughs> it just continues and continues. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about birth defects and inability to conceive. Like, do, do people, do people know that? When they when they're diagnosed with things or when they have a, a a child unfortunately born with a defect, like do they do doctors often equate it back to STDs or? Um, to be honest, Matt, I I don't believe we do. I don't think we do a too good a job of really, um, you know, explaining to patients um, what the repercussions are of these mm -hmm. actions. Um, it's most of the time too late. Luckily, um, we live in Canada, so we have a, a whole lot of good screening. But the problem is that usually the people that do have STD that causes the congenital defects in the baby are the people that are street workers or they are homeless or they are people that, that are late presentation already um, to the doctor. So which means we have a, a shorter time to actually um, treat it because all these um sexually transmitted diseases are treatable, but they have long-term effects. Mm -hmm. Right. Wow. That's, um, yeah, this is good information to get out. Um, I, I'm just curious, maybe a comment on this, Dr. Z. Uh, a few years ago, I read this article, I think it was a news article uh, out of New Brunswick and the chief medical officer there was talking about how STDs uh, in particular, I think it was gonorrhea they were talking about, but it was at such advanced stages and levels within the community there that they were saying it was basically a pandemic level. So, um, mm -hmm. It was such a huge issue. And uh, that doctor was asked why, why do you think this is happening? And they equated it to the hookup culture that we're seeing in our culture right now of just, you know, promiscuity, a lot of sex, a lot of partners, um, no protection, not a lot of thought given to some of these things. So you've sat in the room with many people that are coming through your office and you've heard a lot of story, I'm sure. And, you know, maybe comment on that. What are you seeing when you talk to these people? Like, is there kind of a shock to their system? They didn't think this would happen to them or kind of what are your, what are you seeing when you're talking to the people that are struggling with an STD or STI? Um, I do think it's age-related and, and culture-related. Um, between the ages of about 15 to 24, we are just seeing the highest numbers at this, at this stage. The older people, I would say over 30, 40 years old, they, when they are diagnosed with, a, with an STD, even if it's something like herpes, so um, people would get genital herpes um, in their youth, and then maybe at 35, it's, you know, they have a breakout. So they've, they've never been diagnosed with it. It just, it plays up. And so now they have genital herpes. So now they, they are shocked. They married um, or pregnant or something. They're shocked because they're like, where's this coming from? We don't have the answer, but it was probably something that happened when they were like in their teens or, tw or 20s. So those are the type of patients that, that are shocked. Um, the 15 to 24 year olds, I must say, they are very nonchalant and blase about an STD. I don't know if it's just a, like the millennial, I'm sorry, Gen Z right. culture. <laughs> you know, um, there's not a lot of care in thinking about the future, thinking about legacy, thinking about family and marriage. Um, and so that is, um, that's what we're dealing with, just a breakdown of just of worth and a breakdown of what our bodies as a temple. 
And so they're they're just kind of casual and think like what like just give me some meds, we'll deal with this and we'll just kind of move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even when they found that like their partners, the partners are also blase about it. You know, no one's kind of previously, like 20 years ago when I got into medicine, people would like be so angry with one another, right? Now people are just like, you know, it's okay. My partner called me, my ex-partner called me and I'm just checking myself out here. There's there's no fear. Um, there's no panic. There's even no anger um, to the other party. Mm. Wow. And people probably think that it is a short term and, and we're naive to the long term consequences if a med can clear it up. Eh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the medication is we are going to face probably a problem um, after a while because we, when we treat sexually transmitted diseases, we actually treated what we called, we call it a syndromic treatment. So we treat the syndrome, what we think is going on. So say a patient comes in and they're positive for chlamydia, we actually treat them for, um, for two or three sexually transmitted diseases because we don't know if they are if they are together and they're just not like diagnosed, if I can, if I can um, put it in simple terms like that. So then somebody's using three types of antibiotics and they're not just using it once a year. Um, you know, some come in every two to two, three months with a different type of um, presentation or, or needs medication. Mm. Wow. So I'm just so curious because doctors, you are a Christ follower. You're also a medical doctor and people come to you for recommendation. So if you were to sit down in front of somebody who maybe is kind of entering and dabbling in or putting their big toe in, so to speak, to this kind of sexual climate that we're seeing right now, um, what would you say to them? I mean, first off as a Christ follower, but also even from a medical professional, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people don't get, you know, that chance to talk to somebody that has your knowledge, but not only that, the fact that you love Jesus and you follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, I, I, I always wait for an opening, um, especially with the teens, um, because you have, you're now in a culture where this is normal, normalized. And so, you know, they kind of roll their eyes at you and they kind of think you don't know what you're talking about. So the other day I had a 16-year-old girl um, in, in the office with me and I I really just had to explain to her from A to Z whether she understood or received it or not, I don't know. But I also have a responsibility. Um, and I, I explained to her, you know, you are 16 years old. Um, now you've got this um, new diagnosis of... Of a, of a sexually transmitted disease um, and you're only 16 years old and you need birth control on top of it. So you're putting everything in your body that's not that's not supposed to be there. And um, I, I explained to her about her worth. I explained to her about that her body is a temple and um, that every time she engages with somebody, there's something that she, she loses. Because in actual fact, um, I'm not seeing the her male counterpart in the office with me um, taking responsibility. So she's kind of taking all the responsibility, uh, putting her body through all of the changes that it's going to go through. Um, and then having this, the repercussions of, you know, your, just your soul um, being, being fractured. And so that is what I would explain um, to a young person coming to see me um, it's different. Every patient is different and every pa- patient 
um, will receive um, what they receive. Um, but like I say, for me, it's more about, it's my responsibility to tell them the long-term effects, um, the short-term effects and the long-term effects. Um, and what, what the life could actually be in the fullness of God and not shortchange it and not just take the, the easy gratification. It's awesome. Caring for the body and caring for the soul and their spirit. That's, that's awesome. And I love what you're saying and that you're able to do that and that you do do that boldly in your office. And I, I'm wondering, cause that's on the front end. I'm wondering when somebody is diagnosed, maybe they're older, maybe they're a teenager. What's the, what's the hope that you give them long-term? Like, yes, there's wisdom in staying away from it, but what about like, okay, I have HIV mm-hmm. or I have whatever, like what, what, what's the hope? Somebody's listening and they're like, oh man, mm-hmm. I, I do have this. This is my reality. Yes, exactly. The uh, shame is a big thing, of course, when it comes to having now uh, a sexually transmitted disease that is terminal or lifelong. Um, so dispelling the, the lie of shame and just bringing the person back to their true identity, whether they are, whether they believe or they don't believe um, that luckily at this day and age, we still have uh, medical advances that are helping people get through the, 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 the more um, permanent ramifications. So I sit with my patients and the only thing that Jesus moved through was compassion. Um, so with a, I'm right, or whether I'm wrong, all I can do is sit with them and be compassionate towards them, offer them, um, you know, a safe space to talk to, offer them resources, other people that they can talk to. But I mean, like I said, 20 years ago, I started selling medicine and we were really big, we had very big HIV crisis. It was very taboo to even give patients hope. Um, you know, it was like, you did this to yourself and you are the bad one and you promiscuous and you did this. And many of, of, of the men and women were actually faithful to their partners and one partner was unfaithful. And mm-hmm. so um, we cannot go in with this like absolute judgment, but, I, but, but, but just be the hands and feet of Jesus. What would he do in the situation? You know, the woman at the well, the woman that they wanted to stone because of adultery. So, I ask God for wisdom and I ask him for, for his peace and for his spirit, because it is, you know, it's, it's dangerous. And it's, it's, I've seen people die of HIV. It's horrific. Like I've, I've seen too many people die of HIV. It's not, you know, um, in the Western culture, people don't really die of HIV, you know, but I've seen the worst and the worst of what an STD can do. And um, when we actually bring that truth to people without being um, condemning them, but that they are convicted to actually change their lifestyle, um, I think there's a big, there will be a big change. Wow. Well, that's, that's so powerful that you can sit in with people in those moments. And um, I mean, it really just brings to light how that verse talks about, you know, sexual immorality is the only sin that's against your own body. And you've mm-hmm. seen that, you've actually seen that face to face. So that's, that's very powerful and kind of moving. These are really great questions. Um, another one that we wanted to ask you, cause I think it's on the people's minds too, sometimes is STIs, STDs, are these things that can only be transmitted through intercourse or is there other ways that these can be transmitted from person to person? Um, yeah, so it can be transmitted through oral sex, um, sexual penetration, and it can be also found in different parts of the body, not just 
um, the vagina or the penis. So unfortunately, the way women's, I won't say unfortunately, this is God's design, but when it comes to this part, um, so women have a reservoir, if you can imagine that, right? Like, so when women get an STD, they will be the ones that will not have the symptoms because they are the rece- at the receiving end. So if you look at your numbers of any STD, your women will be at the highest percentage because of the, the way the woman's body is created is to receive from her husband. But now because of um, our sexual climate, they keep having these repeated attacks in like on their body. And so women are at the receiving end of so many of these um, sexually transmitted diseases. And so, um, yeah, that's mostly how women get it. Men would get it, of course, if they, and women would get it through anal sex, um, men having sex with men, um, oral sex. Those are the three ways that you can get an STD. Well, yeah, that was my question. And you answered it. Is is that why it's higher with same sex sex <laughs> with with uh, with men with with men? Uh, and it's because then they're receiving, which there is, is designed. Yes, exactly. But also yeah. because the the skin, the once the skin breaks, because that's not what that part of your body was designed for once that skin breaks and you have that integrity of the skin being broken in the the anal mucosa that's where you have the higher rate because you're actually causing so much trauma that's not the natural way god had designed the body so that's why it's so high wherever there's either like you know any type of sexual trauma um, violence a lot of friction being used that's where we have these infections going um, more rife than than others. Hmm. I've heard that that outside of sexual encounters, some STDs or STIs can be picked up in public public places and toilet seats and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, you can, um, especially something like syphilis and your hep hepatitis. So, and you know, like through um, mucus and sweat and things like that. Rarely, but it does happen. Hmm. So with with that in mind kind of uh of how prevalent it is and how these things are working through our culture we talked about some of the physical things maybe i would love to hear your perspective too and painting a vision for when we do this the way that god has designed when we engage in sex the way that god designed as a medical doctor as a christ follower what would you kind of paint a picture for us in in how that design is so much better than what we're seeing in the culture mm-hmm um, I can just talk of my own life and my own experiences, seeing friendships and, you know, people in the body, um, people that have waited um, and they have practiced sexual purity. Is, there's such a blessing on it. Like it, it, it's out of this world. There's a blessing on them. There's a blessing on their children. There's a blessing on the future generations. And I've actually looked at even like, you know, in the generations, why certain people um, could stay clear of of this, right? And it's because their parents carried it, you know, and it's not perfect. And, and people make mistakes, of course. And that's where God redeems us. That's the beauty of following him. And so I've actually seen the generations of purity when there's a generation of purity that actually goes through the bloodline. 
and there's blessing on it. There's there's health on it. There's there's beauty. Like there's just this 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 light in people. And the opposite side is if you are you know jumping from relationship to relationship, instant gratification. There's death. There's death to your soul. There's death to to who God has actually made you to be, and not even being you know being able to experience the fullness of God. Because I always just see it as like, you know, a part of your soul. You're giving a part of your soul to somebody. You're giving a part of your body to somebody that 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 it's not supposed to to have, except in marriage and with your husband or wife. Yeah. This has been so informative. I've loved this. And I so appreciate everything that you've shared, Dr. Z. I think that this is going to be, if anything, very helpful for people just in understanding why this is so important to uh, to to pursue sexual health and purity and do things God's way. And, and hopefully there can be some hope with people too. And um, I know that there's listeners who have been affected by this and who are going to be affected for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So sad and and they can relate to you. Um, And and often those people are on the forefront of the battle. Once God gets a hold of their heart and they're like, Mm -hmm. this is my battle, but, but they're Mm -hmm. making it right in other people's lives, which is, which is pretty cool. So um, yeah. Are there any other thoughts or any other, the just last comments that you want to share? Um, just what you were saying, Matt, there, there's so much hope and there's so much love in, in when Christ, you know, invades us, uh, we can, that purity can be redeemed. Um, it starts with a pure mind and then it relates to your heart and your body. So I don't want anybody to, to feel that they can never turn back and actually come back, repent, and and God help them. Like you said, I think you started in the beginning saying that it's not through our own strength. It's literally through the power of the Holy Spirit that can help us. And just even praying the Lord's Prayer, like lead us not into temptation, because we are going to be tempted. Everybody's going to be tempted in a different way, but it's, it's like submitting ourselves every day to the Lord, saying, Lord, like, how do you want to use me today? And I just believe that he will he will do it in his grace. He he will he will cleanse us. His his blood is enough to cleanse us. Great words, Dr. Z. We so appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And I know that this is something that will impact a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was so nice and enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) We're glad we enjoyed it as well. So thank you. And everybody out there listening, we just want to share that message with you, no matter where you're at, whatever your past is, Jesus loves you. Um, He has a life for you that's far better, far more abundant than anything else that you could do on your own. Um, And so we just want to say, even if this is something that's in your story, an STI, STD, um, there's a God who loves you, that's for you. And um, we just encourage you follow Jesus and uh, he gives you far more than what, you know, Dr. Z was saying, than instant gratification or other ways that we've entered into this sexual culture in this world. He gives you far more than that could ever give. So we just want to leave that with you and there is hope. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with everybody next week as well. So thank you. Thank you guys. Okay. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.